0: You are listening to Grit and Grace. My name is Toverly, and I am here for deep soul-level conversations and connections about spirituality to step into a deeper understanding of what lies on the other side of the veil. As a social impact entrepreneur, founder of the Moon Temple Mystery School, high priestess and ritualist, I am shining a light on walking the awakening path and how it weaves into our daily lives. I invite you to take a deep breath. Leave what you know at the door and step into the mysteries with me. Welcome back to Grit and Grace. I'm excited to have you with me today and I'm super excited to introduce you to This amazing guest and this really, really interesting topic that I know you are going to love. And our guest today spent her 20s riding the waves of spiritual awakening while building careers in the mainstream world. Though she had many successes, she eventually began feeling that her soul had a different calling, one that serves people in a direct and transformative way. And much of her awakening was marked by challenging interactions with entities in the unseen realm, leading her to develop many skills for navigating worlds beyond the veil. Now she helps others to do the same by teaching spirit communication, psychic protection, and entity removal. She also offers psychic readings, astrology readings, and life coaching. Let's welcome Abby Benjamin to the show. Thank you for joining me.
1: Mm, Thank you so much, Taverly. I'm so excited to be here today.
0: I know, me too. I I was saying before we were recording that a lot of this has been sort of like swirling through my energy field for the last 24 hours, and I know this is going to be really good. <laughs> <laughs> me as well. <laughs> And so for anyone that's listening, we recommend for today's show that you put headphones on if you have little ones around, or save it until a time when you're by yourself where you can really sink into and absorb this information that's coming from the brilliant Abby. Thank you. Yeah. So Abby, where shall we start today? Yeah, so I really love
1: starting off this topic by sharing a little bit about my spiritual awakening because it's mm. kind of a juicy story and it is a great introduction to the variety of beings in the unseen realm. So I, as as you mentioned in my bio, I, I really was a part of the mainstream world for a lot of my earlier earlier years and younger 20s and all of a sudden at at one point I had just moved up to the mountains of Colorado and I began to see eyes open different spirits and unseen beings one in particular to start and Mm. this being told me that he was my guardian angel and i had no reference for anything like this i was pretty open and mindful and you know was was engaging in healthy lifestyles but i wasn't very open spiritually
0: so interesting
1: yeah so it really just turned on one day essentially and this being told me that it was an angel that it was there to watch over me Um, And I was like, okay, great. So I began interacting with it and I noticed that there was a very, um, very strong connection between me and this being. And I just continued talking to it. But then I started to notice that it would cross some physical boundaries. So I would see it showing up in my bed or I would ask it Mm. to kind of back away and it would get closer. And I started to get this feeling like I maybe needed some support from people that knew about different unseen beings and had experienced this for themselves. So I had a few psychics that magically came onto my path helped you know, give me a little bit of a foundation for how to interact with the being and start asking it questions. And over time, It's, it it kind of marked the beginning of, of many crazy events that encompassed my spiritual awakening, but I discovered that it was a trickster being. So it came in telling me one thing that it was an angel and kind of posturing, if you will. So posturing is when a being can present as one way, but is actually something else. It's like a mask. And it took me a while to figure out what it actually was. And why? Okay, wait.
0: We gotta we gotta pause there for a minute. I have so many questions. Yes. Wait, let me go back. Yes, let me go back. Ask this question because I know what everybody's thinking. They're thinking, okay, when you first saw this being. Now, there's different ways of seeing, right? We can see in our witch's eye or our mind's eye. We can see with our physical eye. We can see it like within or projected without. So how how did it appear for you?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great question. So for me, I saw it uh eyes open and to me it looked like the air was moving is the best way Mm. that i can describe it if you can think about when heat comes off of like a desert road and it looks a little bit wavy that's how it appeared to me and it would kind of flash in and out and i would also sometimes see lights um like little um kind of like sparkles sometimes Mm. would appear Um, But mostly that wavy and it was fully eyes open for me. And then over time, when I developed my psychic abilities, I was, you know, having eyes closed psychic experiences and eyes open Mm -hmm. psychic experiences. But that's the way it started.
0: I like how you describe that eyes closed or eyes open, um, because I always think of it as within my, my mind's eye versus projected. So the way that you described it is a really good visual. And then my next question is, did you feel any immediate fear when this first happened? Or did you, I mean, you say it casually, like, oh, I, I saw I saw my first being. I'm sure that there was like a little jolt to your system. But did it come into your system as fear or just curiosity?
1: Mm, that's a great question. So definitely fear. I was very freaked out when I first saw it. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, I didn't know what was happening, but I, I did have enough curiosity to want to figure it out. And it continued to show up so consistently. So I, in my mind, kind of had to figure out what it was. And, and another really amazing aspect of this question kind of leads into what I teach around how to tell if a being that is around you is benevolent or potentially not benevolent is noticing what kind of response you have when it's around and what kind of response is happening in your physical body. That was what one of the, the psychics early on taught me. She said, when it's around, does your body feel contracted? Do you feel fear? body tighten or do you feel relaxed and open and safe and relying on the body's wisdom to be able to um, give you some information especially if you're newer to having any of your clairs open um, so say maybe you're asking um, questions or trying to assess the safety of the situation and you don't feel strong with your Claire audience, which is received like hearing messages maybe you're trying to talk to it tuning into the body because the body. Will not lie to you. <laughs> the body will right. be able to kind of give you some information,
0: right? I I think that another question that can go along with that is for a lot of the students that I work with and in mystery school, a lot of people have not experienced any type of interaction on the other side of the veil, and so the first time that happens, it can be like a jolt. I I say like some electricity through your body, and if you don't know what that is, you might mark it as fear because it feels unknown. Although In time, you know, what you're saying is if you tune into the body, you will have a greater understanding of whether or not your body is reacting in fear or in, in whatever state that is, because that initial shock might just be classified as fear and it might take some time to really discern what it is that you're truly feeling.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think part of this too is due to society's programming and teachings around mm. uh, ghosts and unseen beings. We're taught that either they don't exist or if they do exist, it's something to be fearful of or something that scary mm. movies are made out of, you know? And in my reality, I am constantly interacting with the unseen realm. I constantly have a variety of unseen beings around me because I've chosen that and I've cultivated that and I've cultivated these relationships, but it's, it's If it's something that you feel excited about and you are interested in just interacting with the world beyond the physical, it can really become incredibly magical. And in my opinion, it's kind of already there. <laughs> just not all of us are open to that and not all of us are interested in interacting with it. And that's great. But for me, it's it's there whether people want to acknowledge it or not. And sometimes some of us are um, strongly encouraged <laughs> to interact with it for one reason or another.
0: Yeah, I love that. Me too, friend. Me too. Friend. <laughs> me too. Uh, it's it's like that welcoming of all of the magical things means being willing to push the edges of what you believe that you've been conditioned to believe. And so stripping some of those away, that's a whole nother topic we can go into another day when I, when I have you back again. Okay, so, so let's go back to where we were. So you you know, you had experienced this being, it was creating some Un, like, like obtrusive interactions. And so you sought out some support from other coaches, or, or psychics or gifted people that are experienced in that realm to learn more. So how did that progress from there?
1: Yeah, so essentially, I started by asking it some questions. And what was so what's so fascinating, when I look back on this experience is this particular being was so complex Um, so multi-layered was uh, attached to a particular trauma that I had had in the past that it was continuing to bring up within me and even though it was you know a very difficult puzzle to solve for my very first one ever it showed me such a variety of different types of interactions that we can have with beings in the unseen realm and how truly dynamic and complex they can get so this first one was definitely, um, definitely a case study, if you will, and took me many years to understand why it was, I, I, um, I recognize it as a masculine energy. So I usually refer to it as he, um, it took me a while to understand what he was trying to do, why he was there. He was so powerful that he would move things around in my physical reality. He could also embody into other people and like, come into my world through other people. And I could see it like, f- and as I started to tune in, I could see it flash and be him and flash and be the other person. And it was a lot of it was really terrifying. You know, like, go ahead. Wow. Do question. Yeah.
0: Wow. Yeah. My face is like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> that must have been a wild ride.
1: Yeah, it was. And um, it It was a great learning opportunity. It was really terrifying. It was really exciting, and at the end of the day, it put me into a position now to, you know, consider myself somewhat of an expert on this topic. Because then it led me to find other teachers who could help break down um, what what is it, why is it here, and how do I resolve it? Because at the end of the day, it's all fun fun to you know um, to get information about it and learn about it and interact with it. But if you identify something as not benevolent and not helpful and it's crossing boundaries and it's causing confusion or chaos or re-triggering you, you want to find a way to resolve it. <laughs> Maybe um, that, that's at least how I wanted to um, wanted to resolve the situation was by trying to figure out what it was trying to teach me and how can I separate, you know, permanently from this experience and just kind of move on with my life. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I can imagine that that was quite a process. And you, and you teach that to people now, right? This is part of what you offer to the world is not only identifying and learning to awaken your gifts, but also to how to handle if you have this type of entity in your world and you're not sure what to do.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So my journey with doing entity work now has looked a lot of different ways. And I was very resistant to it for a long time because it's, um, you know, it really requires a lot of extra precaution and it requires, you know, kind of work outside of session and it can be very unpredictable. And when I first started just teaching about it, I was doing just energetic removals on people and I was teaching a little bit, but I didn't really feel fully confident in it. I was just kind of doing things as they came to me. I would have a client attracted to me, for one particular thing in this realm and I would just kind of do what I could. And then I started to solidify some offerings around it. But honestly, the first time that I did that, it really wore me out. And I was also at the time working in live music production, which was kind of another piece of the story before COVID. Um, I was in these really heavy, dense, energetic environments, getting even more training (laughs) with working with the variety of beings in the unseen realm, not all of which are helpful. And so I I kind of kind of got a little bit just worn out and uninspired because I felt just that I was very drained mentally, spiritually, emotionally, physically, from having to constantly be dealing with this, whether I'm working at a music venue and dealing with it or whether I'm helping a client with it. I just kind of like wiped my hands of it and bowed out for a while. And then after I kind of rested, it came back around in a lot of different ways. And so now I help people who are struggling with different types of what I like to call energetic interference. So that means that mm. you suspect, and you know, we can, we can kind of shift into that at some point if you'd like, but you suspect that there is something non-benevolent happening <laughs> in your world and I work with people to help resolve that. And then, yes, I do do teaching as well. So I have one-on-one uh, sessions that I do. I also do group programs where I teach about it. So that's the way that I have uh, started to engage with it in a way that feels safe after having having kind of really burned myself out out on it and learned my own boundaries so I can come back feeling really strong and sustainable with it.
0: Yeah. And, and good for you for recognizing that you needed that that pause, right? I suspect that was integrating your your new up-leveling <laughs> of gifts, right? That integration period is so important. And we often, um, you know, we'll run at things like more fire hydrant, more fire hydrant, and we don't actually allow it to like fully bloom in us. And it feels like how I feel your energy is very grounded now, very, uh, very aligned, very protected, very strong, very sovereign. That's how I would feel. That's how I interpret and feel your energy. So um, good for you for listening. And for those of you that are listening, if you know you need that pause for integration in your life, I encourage you to explore what that looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, so Abby, let's talk about what are the steps to do to A, even prepare to have this conversation um, and B, per, you know, prepare, how you prepare others to go into this space together.
1: Mm, Yeah, so we've kind of done a little bit of of intro on this topic, but as we go deeper, I want to invite the audience to... Enter into a protective bubble that I have set up. And I do this anytime I'm going to have a session where we are going to be talking about non benevolent beings. And I call in um, different archangels that I work with. And it's a bubble that I have uh, crafted and reinforced over time. So that's one precaution I take. So I'd like to just invite the audience um, please don't do this if you're driving, but if you are seated somewhere um, and can drop into a quick meditation with us I would just like to invite everyone to come into the space so whenever you are ready go ahead and close your eyes and start by taking a couple of deep breaths Inviting your exhale to slow down with each breath. Activating the parasympathetic rest and digest, that slow exhale. And begin to see a bright golden light in front of you. And as you breathe, see that golden light start to expand. and watch it getting bigger and bigger and bigger with each breath. And as it approaches you, you can begin interacting with it. Maybe it touches your aura, gets close enough for you to physically touch it. Noticing anything that you notice. And when you're ready, go ahead and enter in. So with your breath, you can just see it getting bigger and fully encompassing you in this space. Or stepping in to this bubble, this vortex, this safe container that we've built for the conversation today. Maybe you can sense me or Tavarali in here ready for you to join us in this gathering place for today's conversation. and taking a big breath in. Exhale and send it all the way down to your feet. Grounding back in. Beginning to make some subtle movements. Swaying or wiggling your fingers and toes. And opening your eyes. When you're ready
0: mm. that felt uh, very nourishing and grounding and also cosmically opening mm. Mm,
1: beautiful yeah. yeah i I have um crafted quite a few different protection bubbles, and this one has an opening into source energy and a line down into the earth to kind of allow it to anchor though. It's kind of floating in its own um, quantum realm. If you will, uh, I still like to um, anchor those connection points.
0: I love it. Thank you for, thank you for sharing that. Appreciate Mm -hmm. it. Absolutely. So I have a question around this is, have you ever done any of this work without bringing in a protection bubble And if so, what happened? (laughs)
1: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yes. That's why I began uh, was because I ran around in this realm for a long time without having protection or with only having um, protection that was not really sturdy or stable. So we, we, in my opinion, and in my experience, we live in a realm that has multiple different dimensions on, on top of one another. And if you have certain abilities open, you can perceive the fourth dimension, the fifth dimension and beyond. And floating around kind of transposed in this 3d reality that we live in is a fourth dimension with a variety of beings some that are really helpful and some that are essentially looking for a feeding source and looking to siphon energy off of other people off of other beings off of other humans and whether or not, you know, I'm, I'm doing this work specifically, I noticed um, the difference between having my protection up or not, even if I'm going to the grocery store. And I, over time really started to, to identify what is a dense energetic environment and what is a safer energetic environment. So for example, a concert is going to be a denser energetic environment versus a trail, you know, a hike is going to not be quite as dense in terms of the potentiality of beings that are looking to siphon your energy and so As I figured that out, just bopping around in the world, um, coming home and experiencing different uh, attachment symptoms or interference symptoms, I just began to solidify different protection practices, especially if I'm going to be talking about it, because it's one thing to just have my kind of light open and be looking around. But when you actually speak it out into the world, it creates its own power and frequency and charge so over time i just learned that it's just better (laughs) to set up some protection and to just allow people to feel safe as we're talking about it because it's not um, you know we're not talking about something that is all love and light and rainbows it can can be heavy and it can bring things up for people so aside from wanting uh, to feel protected i want people to feel safe as well when i'm just having the conversation either in a client session or in this format.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense for sure. I was thinking about what it is like for those that are um, doing work in the field, in this in this industry of, of, of different types that don't necessarily keep a lot of protection in, in place or it's not a part of their practice or their ritual. And you can see, I mean, for me, I can see how it begins to drain the life force out of their body. And I think that what you're doing is super important because you are recognizing that when you start seeing beyond the veil or the unseen worlds, there is an opening in your, in your field that, that takes place. And I don't know if this is true or not. I would love to hear your thoughts on this. But when we, when we start to tap into those gifts, does it make us more susceptible to sources that might drain us because they understand that we're able to communicate a little bit better versus someone who has not experienced anything um, on the other side?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, great question. So... And there's, there's a couple couple different angles to this. So one of the best ways to, to think about it in terms of when you um, have your gifts open or you've been just doing a lot of spiritual practices and you're feeling like you're shifting into a different reality, what can happen is you have this light that turns on and it can kind of be like a porch light. And so when a porch light turns on, all of the bugs <laughs> fly to the porch light and so it's it's similar in this regard and people that are doing their work and doing spiritual work and feeling really open tend to be generating a lot of energy, which can be, you know, a a wellspring of a feeding source for a being versus somebody who maybe is not cultivating as much life force energy, they may not have as much juice (laughs) for something to be able to pray off of. Um, However, I would say that People that maybe generate a lot of life force energy, maybe they exercise a lot or they're just a generally happy person, but they're not necessarily spiritually open. I would say that, you know, those people are susceptible as well, but what can happen when we are talking about this, learning about it, being open to it, wanting to explore the unseen realm is it becomes a part of our belief system and it becomes a part of our consciousness. So these beings know, not only are they a feeding source, but because they're aware of us, it creates a different type of dynamic because our beliefs and what we know to be true about our reality is so powerful. So beings may be able to come in and out of other people's lives if they just don't believe in it at all. Um, I, I, in my belief system, from what I've seen, I feel like they're, they're everywhere, whether you believe in them or not. But again, I claim that as my own reality, but there's something a little bit different when you believe in them, have seen them, know that they're around, it, it, it just turns up the volume a little bit, if you will.
0: Yeah. I like the description of the porch light that you use. Cause that, that's exactly the description that I would use as well. And I think it's really interesting how you're relating life force to this sort of a similar energetic, uh, uh, Beacon, let's say beacon, that's the word I was looking for. Um, Interesting. Okay, so let's talk about, let's get into some of the different beings that may drain your life force. I would love for you to talk about your experiences and anything you want to share
1: yeah yep and this is again it's this this can get a little um a little heavy sometimes but it's in my opinion just important to know and uh, what i know and what i'm sharing is is mostly what i've seen and experienced for myself so the best way to think about it in terms of the different types of um let's say non-benevolent beings in the unseen realm is to think about them in terms of different levels of consciousness so on the lower end we can have something with a very low level of consciousness that is essentially a blob so when i say low level of consciousness i mean it doesn't have a very advanced brain or any brain at all so something that could be a very uh low level consciousness or no or no consciousness could be if two people get into a really heated argument and they both have you know the energy of anger and they're stimulating all of this anger and all of this heaviness and density and there's this explosion and then they kind of walk away um there can be this bubble this um this kind of cloud if you will of anger that is floating around and then if somebody walks through that area where that blob of anger is just floating around and they have internally their own you know anger stuff that they're working on then it can kind of come in and attach itself and maybe even create a level of consciousness depending on how much anger that person is holding so that's kind of the the most basic and then it just goes up from there in terms of how quote unquote smart the different beings are. So it can have a little bit of consciousness. I have seen beings that are just kind of making like garbled sounds like, blah, 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 blah. you know, like it, there's something there, but they're not very, they're not necessarily very intelligent, if you will, or have a comp like a complex consciousness. Um, and then once you start getting into higher levels of consciousness, now we're going to have a wider a variety of different things that you can see. So you can definitely see something, you know, that a lot of people would classify as a demon that is very intelligent and knows exactly what it is looking for. And what I've noticed is usually the beings that are a higher level of consciousness or sentience they, they usually have a particular flavor of energy that they are seeking. Um, and the flavors of energy are different types of density that we experience here on the human plane that usually come from some sort of trauma. So sadness or sexual aggression or um, addiction, uh, any kind of just shame, guilt, all these different flavors of density, if you will. And, um, I've seen things that look a little bit more animalistic, um, like part animal, part human. I've seen things that look a little bit more like robotic and kind of AI, um, insect, like insects and kind of bug life also AI. Uh, so it's there, there's an endless amount of different ways that they can show up and then they can get very intelligent and very powerful. And I tend to, um, just work where I feel comfortable working. I don't really go seeking out um, any anything. I, I tend to just ground into my own personal truths and declare myself as a light worker and just clear out and act within the realm that I currently find myself in because it can definitely get really, uh, really not ideal. <laughs> um, but it, it can get quite complex. So I think that's kind of the way that I describe it in terms of uh, the variety and the diversity.
0: Wow. So let me let me just formulate what <laughs> question should come next. <laughs> um, I'm thinking about I've had an experience of being in a medicine ceremony where an entity was being moved out of one of my very good friends, sisters, Um and I witnessed it. I witnessed physically what happened to her human body when this entity was being moved. I witnessed the entity moving to another being as it left her. And it was wild. It was um it was, you know, a, a, an opportunity for many of us that were there with her to circle in and bring our medicine into the situation. But afterwards, there was there was quite a uh, an experience of having to manage what had occurred. So I, I can, it, I mean, myself, just even how I experienced that, and I can imagine for you that seeing this or experiencing this type of work regularly can be something that you are very choosy in how you (laughs) interact with. I understand that because I've experienced it. And I, I don't know that I would have understood it like I do now if I had not witnessed that and been a part of it in the way that I was. But I do think that there are lots of questions in this area around, well, what if they don't look like a human? What if they It doesn't, you know, have actual language. Is this just my trauma being triggered? Or is this actually a being? And I think that that's the way that you described the cloud of anger versus the conscious being that can appear like a demon, and the different ways you described, it makes a lot of sense. And so I guess my question would be, if someone is experiencing what they feel to be an outside influence on their energy field, I'll just put it that way. An outside influence on their energy field that's more than just I need to like clear and cleanse my space and ground in something more than that that they haven't been able to shake. What is the first thing that you do to help identify what that being is?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So b- before I take any action or even try to communicate with potential interference, that's a word that I use for it as well as interference. Uh, Before I take action or, or attempt to communicate, I try to get as much information as I possibly can. So I'm usually asking, when did this start? Is this something that you always remember having? Or was there a particular incident or trauma that happened? And then this began that is, you know, 80 to 90% of the time when I'm working with it, there was some traumatic event that happened either in childhood or early adulthood, or even recently. And when that trauma happened, it opened up a portal for something to come in. Or it could, again, you know, like you said, medicine ceremony, a lot of things are very open. So sometimes things can, can start from that experience as well. And then I'll try to find out what exact experience the person is having. So are you feeling it, Uh, in a particular area of your body? Does it feel hooked into a chakra? Is it saying things in your head? How are your dreams? Dreams is one of the biggest indicators for me of whether or not we have energetic interference. That's one of the biggest ways that I can tell. Um, That's one of the biggest things I see with a lot of clients is their dreams will be a little bit skewed. Um, They will, things will be maybe a little nightmarish or things will happen that like there's no way that could possibly happen and it's not your subconscious just trying to work something out um and so I'll I'll ask them about their dreams I'll see what's happening sometimes people have a hard time sleeping and in extreme cases can experience like sleep paralysis and things like that so I try to gather up as much information as I can about it before I begin interacting with it and then at that point I'll use my psychic abilities to open up and look and see what I can gather, see if I see colors, symbols, any particular um, indication of like a lineage or uh, a region of the country or something like that. Sometimes we can have um, spirits that are from a particular culture. Um, that will show up, and maybe it is, uh, you know, a spirit that hasn't fully crossed over, which is kind of another realm, which we can talk about if you want. And and trying to identify is this, you know, someone that was in a human body recently, or is this an animal spirit, or is this, you know, some sort of like deity gone awry from a culture that, you know, there's there's so many different places it could land. So those are some of the initial indicators that I'll try to just gather around the person and see just what is happening in your world right now, because it directly correlates to whatever's happening in the psychic realm. Mm.
0: And then what would be the next step you would do with that individual?
1: Yeah, so from there, um, there's so there's two main categories that I think are both incredibly important when you are navigating finding some sort of resolution for energetic interference. Number one is the energetic realm. So what does it look like? Where is it hooked into? What is it doing? Is it controlling your thoughts? Can I see it? Can I move it? What does it feel like? Like a very, very um, kind of grounded, practical, surgical (laughs) type of approach to it. So that is one part. So I will see that. And when I first was doing entity work, I was only working in that realm. So someone would come in and I would see it. I would essentially perform psychic surgery on that thing. I would transmute it, uh, and then send them on their way. And, but then eventually I got the feeling that there, there was a piece missing. So that's part two. So if there is a being or any type of energetic interference that you are experiencing, it's because there is some frequency match between you and that being, if there was not, then there's no way that that being could have come into your world. So what do I mean by that? there is likely something in your psyche, in your emotional body, in your mental body that is not fully resolved, um, that is wanting to be worked with and has in this situation provided a opening for something with the same resonance to be able to hook in. So for this piece, this is when I'm asking, Um, What does your trauma history look like? What is your current mental landscape looking like? What are you currently struggling with? Have you struggled with any addiction? Addiction is a really big one. So excessive alcohol use, excessive drug use is kind of a breeding ground for these things because when we're really open and we're using substances in a non-mindful way, I think there's a a really great way to use medicines in a way that you can protect yourself. So I'm not necessarily a against medicine in general but non-mindful substance use can be just a breeding ground for these things because it can bring a lot of our traumas up to the surface and the medicine itself can just leave our aura full of holes for things to be able to come in so it's it's just offering up multiple opportunities so Yeah, then I work with people's mental and emotional landscape and try to try to resolve whatever's wanting to be resolved so that I don't just come in Pull something off and then leave that hook open. And in a lot of cases, if it's a more severe case, like a being that's been with this person for a long time is connected to a really significant trauma, if you come in and just remove it in the energetic realm, that person could potentially go psychotic or have other kind of mental health issues, or their body could have a significant reaction if they if if their system wasn't fully prepared for that removal. So I really like to make sure that I'm addressing both the energetic, surgical as well as the mental, emotional, psychological
0: That makes total sense. I I think that, that that approach is super important because I can visualize what you're saying when I see sometimes holes in people's energy field. So what about once once you've done step one and step two, um, so healing that trauma or looking at that trauma, not allowing that trauma to still be that like portal in. I'm sure that that must require additional steps for the individual to continue to ensure that they don't go back into the place and allow that energetic match to happen again.
1: Yep. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's really an intuitive dance for me of when is it appropriate for me to come in and do energy work? Because sometimes it's time to come in and pull something off. Um, but then how, how am I setting this person up for success in terms of shifting their mental state, working with their nervous system, and then giving them tools to be able to uh, implement those changes over time. And I can give uh, a great example of this. This actually happened to me recently, recently. So another type of entity that I recently learned about is something that is called an interject. So an interject is a density that we receive a lot of times from a parent when we are growing up especially if we have experienced any type of abuse so an example is say you grew up with a mother who was emotionally abusive verbally abusive you know told you that you're not good enough or just was was you know not supportive in that way and then you grow up and you kind of hear your mother in your head <laughs> and sometimes it sounds like your voice but then you have that self-criticism and that self judgment that you received from your mother when you were younger, well, that can actually turn into an entity in and of itself that lives in your body and um, you can consciously work with it and consciously remove it and a lot of times if your parent ends up passing away it can dissipate a little bit but you're essentially carrying around your parents shadow inside of your own body and i learned about this i've been doing a lot of my own uh family investigation recently and trying to heal some certain dynamics and i discovered that i had an interject that was actually Oh, I had two, but one of them was in my head and in my brain. And usually, because I remove things all the time, I'm just like, oh, let me just pull it off. I pull this off, I do this all the time. And so I worked with my guides to kind of pull it out of my brain. And that night, I noticed like... I mean, I have a very strong, like strong mind, strong focus, but I think that I, I did it really quickly and I didn't necessarily take all the precautions or ask a whole lot of questions about the aftercare that I needed to do. So I woke up the next day after having just a really crazy night of sleeping and dreaming and felt the whole side of my head was healing. And I had to like not go upside down. So I couldn't do yoga. I was seeing stars. I was having to drink water. So there were physical symptoms that I was experiencing and then I also was was hearing from my guides like this is an opportunity for you to rewrite some neural patterning because you literally just like very much energetically shifted your brain and um you know though I would not recommend that for other people I think for me as for someone who does this work it was a great learning experience to have it happen firsthand so that I take the extra precaution with other people and learn a little bit more about what that can actually potentially feel like for client. So um, it's it's an intuitive dance between seeing when it's time to have something removed, making sure that the, the traumas and the things are being resolved. And sometimes honestly, if you resolve the trauma and the emotional the emotional hook, things can just kind of slough off on their own because they don't have a hook anymore and there may not be a need for energetic work. So it it really just depends on the person. And now especially after having that experience myself, I just you know take an abundance of caution with whatever I'm doing. And try to support the person holistically.
0: And and your comment about don't suggest do this on your own, I'm gonna just reiterate that. Just call Abby. Yeah. Like, just just set up just set up an appointment with Abby. So if like any of this is resonating with you and you know you want to dive into this, make sure that you follow the links to Abby's website in the show notes and i believe you have an offer for our guests and we're not done yet i'm just i'm i'm adding this now because i i could feel that people are going to get to this part and they're like okay i like how do <laughs> how do i how do i find this abby so i think there's an offer for 20% off a session
1: yeah so um, anything that you see on my website that you would like to do if you found me through this show i'm offering 20% off and to get that you can just email me um, my emails on my website it's abby a b b y at mirror of memory.com i set set off set appointments up just on my own and you can let me know that you found out about me through the show and i'll go ahead and apply that um but on that i feel like another really important thing to talk about is how do i know if i have energetic interference mm-hmm. and some symptoms so that you can identify if there is or isn't something going on so the first one i i mentioned mentioned is dreams. So if you're experiencing scary dreams um if you're experiencing any type of sleep paralysis uh any type of weirdness happening especially during the the period of time right before you are about to fall asleep that that in-between time and then the period right when you're about to wake up sometimes if you have something attached those two kind of twilight zones can get really loud so you can be having like a really weird scary thing happen during those in-between times you can also have trouble sleeping so like you can have a hard time going to sleep if That's not something that's normal for you. Other symptoms are having really low energy and not understanding why you have low energy. You can have thoughts that don't feel like yours, like intense thoughts, um, scary thoughts, uh, have just heaviness that isn't in your own neural patterning that you're familiar with. Um, in in extreme cases, things can be moved around in your reality. You can feel heaviness or a chakra that's particularly closed off. So you can have more of a somatic experience. Um, and yeah, just like a general sense that something may be interfering with your reality. And I noticed it too, just in terms of like the things that I was manifesting and like the things that were coming into my world, things just felt a little off you know, and for people that are intuitive, you can kind of tell, you know, like when things are really clean and clear and when things are a little bit off and then tracing that back and asking like, is it off because of something that's happening with me? Is there some shadow work or internal work happening? Or does something feel like it is maybe just interfering with me in some way? Um, and also I want to just invite, invite a level of okayness around it because this is very, very common, at least in my reality. I see it a lot so if you do feel like there's interference I would definitely say to um, stay as calm as you can and just understand that this is just a part of the reality that we live in and you know, in this conversation, we're blessed enough to be able to just talk about it. And it is being talked about more and more, especially in the spiritual realm. So yeah, it's, it's okay. I have them all the time. It doesn't mean that you've done something wrong or that you should have had more protection when you went to that concert. It's just a part of life. And there's people like me and other light workers that are coming up and, and learning about this. So yeah, that that's what I would, that's what I would say is just use your intuition to feel into whether or not something Maybe be happening. Um, the last thing I'll mention is sometimes it can also be connected to like mysterious and chronic health issues um, that that can show up. And for me, that showed up uh, a little bit more with the interject with some things I had inherited from my family. But that can also be another another factor.
0: So much there, Abby, that was that was so perfect that you normalized this a little. So, I like that you're telling people not to freak out. Like, let's not freak out if you feel like you have interference. Um, that's that's that felt, I'm sure, super calming to a lot of people that are starting to maybe recognize, you know, symptoms within themselves. And I also want to go back to what you said about car- carrying your parents' shadow inside your body. The interject. That is profound because I know so many people who carry their parents' voices in their head for their entire lifetime and don't know that it's possible to shake that because they see that as the foundational roots of how they were raised. And that is the idea that that's something movable and releasable is – that is super profound.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, not only do I think is it shiftable and removable, but I believe that it's actually part of the soul contracts that we chose before we came down here. I believe that we are souls who are in a human body and before we came here, we chose particular soul lessons to resolve and I think it can be related to karma from our past lives. We can make soul contracts with other people, particularly our parents and those really deep, wounds those core wounds that we have around abandonment and self-criticism and judgment and you know body identification like whatever it is like those really heavy ones that you feel like you picked up from your parents i believe that we came down here to shift it and transmute it this is where you know intergenerational trauma comes from and i think it's incredibly important to not only identify what you think that you picked up with from your parents and how it is playing out in your reality but get really curious about how you can shift it and again, coming back to the two different realms. how is how is this affecting my mental and emotional landscape and how can I work in that realm? Maybe that's seeing a therapist, maybe that's seeing a coach. Um, there's I have a lot of resources for that if people are interested in like working with the mental and emotional component of it. And then where is it living in my body? What does it feel like? Is it affecting my in any particular chakras? Like for me and mine was connected to my throat and my solar plexus chakra and not only are these chakras that I have struggled with, so healers have you know worked a lot there. I feel like these are always begging for a little bit more attention, and I sh- and I have struggled with chronic health issues that are right there. I've had um, chronic reflux that comes right up to my throat and is stimulated at the uh, at the top of my stomach, right where that solar plexus is. So I feel it in my body, and I'm having a somatic and energetic experience. I can understand. it is and then I'm tracing it back to the traumas from my parents and so yeah this is this is kind of a new a new thing that I've brought into my awareness and have started to bring into my own to my sessions with other people and it is fascinating and it's just so transformative when you just at least consider that you do not have to live the rest of your life carrying around the heaviness that your parents passed on to you which they passed were passed it was passed down from their parents as well. So not only can we get curious about it, but can we forgive our parents and just know that they were doing the best they could. I think Jesus said in some part of the Bible, forgive them for they know not what they do. And that has been my mantra as I've been working through my own toxic family dynamics that, that I've been carrying around and I'm currently transmuting.
0: Abby, there are so many layers to this. This is so informative. And I know that there's so many different avenues we could go down. And as we um, start to wrap it up, I just have to say thank you for bringing this information forward. I think this is really powerful work. It's a powerful time for us to look at all these different ways in which energy is interfering with our abilities to live our life in peace and joy and in the light. So I, I first just want to express gratitude. Thank you. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, absolutely. This is part of my mission—is to spread the word and help people with this. So it's it's such an honor every time I get to do it.
0: And speaking of, we have a really special offer coming up. Um, and depending on when you're listening to this, this is 2021, and we are in September, and we are preparing for a really large event in Denver, Colorado, called Witch Fest, which is on October 23rd. And then following Witch Fest, Abby is actually offering a class for free, to step into this in a deeper way. And the date is November 6th, is that correct?
1: Yep. Mm-hmm. Saturday, November, November 6th.
0: 6th. Yeah, so you can go to moontempleschool.com forward slash Witchfest and follow that page to the place of the classes following Witchfest. And even if you can't attend Witchfest, I highly encourage you to come and spend some time with Abby because she's going to be live on Zoom. We're going to you know take a few questions and she's going to bring her expertise to all of you. So I hope that you will take advantage of this really generous time that Abby's offering.
1: Mm, Yes, absolutely. I'm looking forward to seeing everyone there and answering your questions. And just engaging in this community at large. It's like I said, it's such an honor to be able to spread this wisdom and teach other people how to protect themselves and how to interact in a really safe way. And I think it's just such an important topic, especially right now.
0: And I also think we haven't touched on all of the other things that you do, (laughs) which is you you do astrological readings, you do a lot of psychic work, um, you know, you're you are filling in the gaps when someone needs support in the various areas of their life. And so we are going to include all of your information, Abby, your social media handles, which if you can go ahead and tell our listeners, your social media handles and your website now, but it will also be in the show notes.
1: Absolutely. So you can find me on Instagram at Abby, A-B-B-Y Benjamin, B-E-N-J-A-M-I-N. I am also Abby Benjamin on Facebook, and I believe I'm still in the Boulder, Colorado network though that'll be shifting to santa cruz california soon mm. and um and then mirror of memory so mirror like you're looking in the mirror of com is my website
0: perfect well i'm so excited to see you again abby and thank you again for joining us
1: Absolutely. And I just say for everyone, um, you can stay in this golden bubble that we've created if you like, or just on your own, whenever you're done listening to the episode, you can just close your eyes, tune back in and just breathe and see the bubble kind of coming around you coming in front of you and just separating yourself from it just use your intuition, whatever you feel comfortable with.
0: Excellent. Thank you so much. And thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the show, we would appreciate it if you would give us a share or give us a shout out on social media, because we know more people need to hear these great guests like Abby who are bringing their expertise to the world. So thank you for listening, and we will be back. Thank you for joining us today on any of your favorite listening apps we would really appreciate a rating and review and if you're looking for more information make sure that you go to moontempleschool.com and you can find us there